Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast, Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Jacob Rood. We have, in case you haven't noticed, switched things up. Dumb of us to think that, hey, <laughs> we'll go into May. The other teams will be playing in the playoffs. Maybe the Lakers will hire a, a coach, and it'll be a relatively slow month. So we'll back off here. We'll take this opportunity to kind of switch up the, the hosts and the co-hosts who do these shows together. So Jacob Rude and I actually way, way back in the day worked together at uh, Lake Show Life. And then uh, worked for a little bit together at uh, Lakers Outsiders, and then now are are tasked with hosting and trying to catch you guys up on all of the madness of the last forty eight ish hours or so. Uh, so I'm going to start here, Jacob. You were maybe the most optimistic person I follow on on Twitter. What what was the final straw? When were you like? Okay, yeah, they no longer have my benefit of the doubt. F everybody. Well, I mean, obviously yesterday, but um, if I had to do a single report, I don't – probably the one where it was like they came back with like an offer of like three years, $18 million for Lou, which means they had already lowballed him more than that. The first time, and it was like, wait, this guy won a title, and you just gave Luke Walton a five-year deal. Like, what are you guys trying to do here? And yeah, I think that I, we were talking before the show. I don't know the, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was, it's the quote where it's like, better everyone think you're a fool than open your mouth and kind of prove them right. And that's been what the Lakers have done for the last 24 hours. I. Uh, was trying to be the optimistic one, and then the Lakers were like, well, you're an idiot. Watch this. And have just burnt the whole entire house around. How many beers did they tell you to hold? <laughs> uh, well, one for each report. So I have an 18-pack in the uh, refrigerator right now. You're fully stocked. You're fully yeah. stocked. <laughs> I, again, we were talking before. I walked out of the— my office at five o'clock to go cover a baseball game. Everything was fine. Not a single report had come out. The only report that had come out was like, Oh, well, Frank Vogel is probably going to be the associate head coach. And I felt really good about things. And I got the one Woge notification about Jason Kidd, And I was like, ah, eh, whatever, probably kid's agent trying to stir something up. And then I come back like two hours later and just everything's been nuked and like Tyloo's not going to be the coach anymore. And we're trying to force like Kurt Rambis onto people and Jason <laughs> Kidd onto people. And it's like, we're lowballing when we're the Lakers and print money. And like, I, it was just a really, it was really, really wild to try to catch up after the fact. So I can only imagine what it was like live as all these reports keep coming out and they progressively got worse and worse. That's uh, So that's basically what we're going to do for this show. We are going to try to chronologically catch you guys up on what has been going on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the blame on this. I already took the blame on, on Locked on Lakers when I recorded the show with Pete. Um, but I'm going to take the blame for a different reason. I was So since I have been covering this team, it's been about six or seven years now, uh, they have been a, just an outright dumpster fire. 
right? It's been rock bottom after rock bottom after rock bottom. And, and you know, we thought, hey, the Lakers got LeBron. This is great. We're finally going to cover a good team. And then, like, lo and behold, you're an idiot. Um, I took a vacation, my first vacation in the last, like, you know, seven-ish years. And while I was on vacation, the Lakers were operating semi-intelligently, right? It looked like they were going to hire Ty Lue. They had been relatively quiet. Everybody was, you know, you could actually kind of tell when teams or when when sites are just trying to get Lakers in any hyperlink they can because that traffic Relatable. monster was was not there. Um, so, you know, they I, for an entire week it was it was kind of nice. We could just kind of like back off a little bit. There was there were a couple things here and there that were worth covering, but for the most part, it was whatever. I come back and eight hours after my vacation ends, that's when Woj drops that bomb. Right, that that the Lakers are at an impasse over something or uh, something or other. I was at in and out, and that's exactly where we were, and that's where we'll start. So the the first report here, the first report before all of this madness happened, right? That had a lot of people up in in a bit of a frenzy was that uh, the the Lakers their first choice was reportedly Teron Liu, but that they had to wait. Uh, to let Monty Williams get hired elsewhere before they could hire Lou so that it didn't look like they were just kowtowing to kowtowing, kowtowing to uh, LeBron. And that was the first thing that had people going like, wait, what? This is this is an actual thing. So that was that was the good news. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather. I put this in the last article I wrote. I'd rather we be re- run by LeBron right now. Like mm-hmm. it'd be less of a comedy show right now. Yeah. Like I I don't know why that's such a bad thing. Like there's just no self awareness. Like it can't be any worse than what it is. Well. It's always the bad driver, right? It's always the idiot who thinks everybody else is wrong. Yeah. And 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 right now it's a bunch of idiots up in the front office who are looking at everybody else going like, "No, no, no. We're light years ahead. We're going to stick somebody <laughs> with Rambus." So that oh was Oh my a- god, I can ima- I can only imagine like <laughs> Kurt and Linda Rambus walking in and we're like, "Listen, we figured it out. We are light years ahead of Joey and Jesse Bus right now." <laughs> we're going to zig where everybody else zags. <laughs> oh. uh, so the first thing that comes out was uh, again from from Woj, and he reported that Teron Liu and the Lakers have quote reached an impasse, right? How? And and that's where that's where the initial stuff started coming out, and 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 you know there was there was still some optimism out there, like oh we're freaking out over over something else. It's just the latest thing for everybody to freak out about. And I remember right when I got you know I was I was getting ready to come back from vacation. I think I started I ended my vacation on Wednesday. And then I I texted Harrison as I was getting ready to come back, and I said, you know, should we maybe be a little concerned that they haven't actually come to an offer, come to a come to a an agreement with with Ty Lue? They've had a couple days since he came back from Vegas for his birthday. Like, what might be going on here? And then, you know, as per usual, they were just they were just waiting. I wrote. I finally got around to writing the yeah. Ty Lue pre-write uh, yesterday morning. Uh-huh. So they were just waiting for me to get that done to make sure they blew it all up. That was nice of them. That was nice of them. So he tells me, Harrison tells me, no, don't worry about it. You're overthinking it again. The sky is not actually falling. Um, and and we get this report here that, again, the, the Lakers and Lou reached an impasse. And as you said, how? 
How does this happen? So, so Jacob, I'm going to put this as as gently as I can. How the bleep does this happen? <laughs> they they they're negotiating against nobody. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was going to make. There is nobody else they're negotiating against. Like, why? How do you reach an impasse? Like, and I'm sure I don't want to dive too deep into like the lowballing them part because that's a report we'll get to. But like, at the end of the day, there are five coaches either active or were recently active, they have won a title and one of them is at your doorstep and you can't come to an agreement on it. Like we were going to fall face first into a good situation. Yeah. And the Lakers can't even let that happen. Like they're like, hold on, this all seems too perfect. What's the catch when like there was no catch, like he was there, like everything made sense. He's a championship caliber coach. Like, just don't screw this up. Like, I, I, it still boggles my mind that they, who were they negotiating against? Like, why did they have to do it? Like, what, what were they doing? I, so the initial thing, the initial, the first thing that Woj pointed to was the Lakers wanting Jason Kidd on Lou's staff. Right, we hadn't quite yet gotten to the terms of the of the negotiations and the holdup that that stemmed from that, and and this was something that it made sense that Lou was would push back on. He'd already seen Jason Kidd undercut two other coaches. He'd already he had already been hired as a, an assistant head coach, uh, and then took over for David Blatt when when Blatt was let go. So Lou was sitting here saying like, no, no. <laughs> Why would I like, do this? Why would I? Why would I saddle myself with also, by the way, a bad assistant coach? The so no coach, no good coach is going to like allow a franchise to saddle them with an assistant coach unless it's like someone really good for some bizarre reason. Yeah. They're especially not going to let them do that when it's Jason Kidd or Kurt Rambis. <laughs> and they're especially, especially not going to do it with Jason Kidd who like, I can't remember the exact details, but like interviewed for the Milwaukee job while he had the Brooklyn job and like campaigned for that. And like, he's already been a backstabber. Like, yeah. why would you put him on the bench as an associate head coach? Like, this, it, it would literally be like when Littlefinger put the knife to Ned's throat and said, I warned you not to trust me. Like, that's exactly how that would have played out. Yeah. It's funny that, that Rob Polinka is so insistent on, on Jason Kidd making a staff. I mean, it, if, you're, if you were to find a Spider-Man meme in two people who might <laughs> who might interview each other it would be that it would be that so that was the initial thing but then it turned out later and we'll get to this in a bit that Lou was actually okay with it that that he would have rolled along with with kid uh being on on the staff anyway despite all of the baggage that we talked about and then uh Shams provides uh, some additional info it was again getting back to Jason Kidd and and you know later in the day the next report that comes out there uh, is that they have moved away from they, they the Lakers have moved on. This was Tanya Ganguly of the Times reported it that the Lakers have moved on, and then somebody else from from Lou's camp uh, leaked that he had actually moved on. So it was a he said she said, but it doesn't matter who you got the information from. At this point, negotiations had ended completely, and as you had alluded to earlier, 
the Lakers had returned to the negotiating table with what they considered a better offer that was three <laughs> years and $18 million, which if Lou considered that offensive, then the first uh, offer must not have been all that great either. And here's my thing. And 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 you know you can you can pick up from from this however you want to go with it, but but Rob Polinka, the one thing that that has been held up in his skill set as why the Lakers might be in okay hands is he's a great negotiator, right? He is he is fantastic as a negotiator. He always got his clients the best deals and this and that and the other, but like this is not this is not him negotiating against another team for his client. This is him negotiating with somebody he was going to have to work with on a daily basis. And he and he, he seems to have screwed the pooch. I really want to know what that first offer was. Like if <laughs> they think that three years, eighteen million is like something that they cobbled together to bring back, like, okay, he definitely can't turn this down. Like <laughs> this is an uncapped market and you're the Lakers with LeBron James. Like, there's no way that you're not just making money hand over fist. Why are you lowballing people? Like, that because just, that's what you do when you're when you're a shady used car salesman agent. Yeah, he, he apparently can't turn that off. It just boggles my mind that. I mean, yeah, I just he Lou was making I want to say seven million a year at. Uh, with the Cavs, I want to say it was like a five-year, $35 million deal, if I re- recall correctly. So you don't match the annual average value, and you don't come close on the years. Why would you think he would accept that? Like, yeah, I I thought when he was hired, like, sure, Palenka will be a good negotiator because he was an agent. Boy, he has been terrible. Like, the Rondo contract was terrible. The KCP contract was terrible. Like, I don't know a good deal that he negotiated last offseason. I mean, yeah, Lance took above market value, right? Rondo took above market value. And yeah, there, there wasn't a there wasn't an offer. Maybe technically, Javale McGee was was good value at what the Lakers got him, right? Yeah, but, but I don't imagine anybody was. I mean, maybe the room exception, but I can't imagine anybody was going to offer more than that. So yeah. they didn't overbid nobody. Yeah, and so I, I guess it, it you know it it again gets back to this idea that that. I don't know. This will this will become a theme in the conversation you and I are going to have. Is there isn't an uh, an adult in the room to call anybody on their stuff because there isn't any experience in said room, right? There, Jeannie doesn't have the experience to go to Rob and be like, Rob, we have to work with this guy. What the f- are you doing, right? That that Kurt Rambis and and Linda Rambis don't care about Rob Palenka lowballing anybody so long as Kurt gets a job. Linda Ramis is trying to get her, her her husband hired somewhere. That's that's her top priority. And and you know what it turns out and and you know you can go in two directions here with with Rob Polinka's offers to to Ty Lu is that one the Lakers are cheap, right? Mm-hmm. If they are cheap then we are really screwed because the only advantage that the Lakers have on everybody is that they print money and is that they might be able to utilize those resources to overcome their deficiencies on the market, uh, on the margins. If it isn't that, 
then it's that they never considered Ty, Ty Lue a priority higher in the first place, which again puts us in a situation where the Lakers are screwed, Laker fans are screwed, because if they don't value Ty Lue, then who is out there that they actually value? I was trying to look it up. I I believe this is for last season. The Lakers, so this wasn't even when they had LeBron. The Lakers had a revenue of $395 million. Yeah. Well, they, um, go, in, they go into every single year with like $250 million to work with by way of their TV deal. Well, yeah. It, it's, yeah. The revenue minus the operating income, you're looking at little, right about $250 million per year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if... <laughs> I don't know which option I want more out of the two you said because, <laughs> like, there's no way they can play cheap right now. And but like, what a gross miscalculation of the of the market, I guess, if it's the other option because you thinking that Tyloo needs this job, like this is a guy that took time off during his tenure in Cleveland because of like anxiety basically with the job. Like yeah. why would you think that he needs this job? And he's uh, also, by the way, getting still getting paid by Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, it was it's seven million dollars a year. So like whether or not you hire him or not, he's gonna get money. So you needed to come to the table with a deal that would convince him to come to LA. Yeah, And this is like a situation – like I understand why Jeannie wants to stay away and like keep her hands off of the basketball side of things. But this is a situation where you would think – maybe she was, which is another scary thought. But where you would think that you'd want her involved for her to hopefully be that adult in the room and tell them, hey, we have the money – so that when they come to the table with a three-year, $18 million offer, she can say, hey, like, we have the money. Let's throw a couple few, – few more million in there. And What if she's going the other way? What if she's like, hey, do we <sighs> do we have to throw – like, do, are you I sure mean, we have to up it, it from, from 550k a year to five whole million? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's trying to, like, erase a zero at the end of the offer. <laughs> Like, no, no, a three-year, one point eight million dollar yeah, right. total, not like one point eight right, million. Fine, a year. we'll do, we'll do five, we'll do a five-year contract for one total million dollars. <laughs> yeah, like she's looking at the at her dad's like salary books from like the mid '80s when Pat Riley's being paid like two hundred thousand dollars a year or something. I don't know what he was making, and just going off that. Um, but yeah, like. I hope that's not what Jeannie's doing. Maybe it is. That's the other problem is that nobody has a clue what's going on right now because the Lakers have just not said anything since Magic retired. They put out one press release and Magic posted a photo on Instagram, and that's been the extent of the news we've gotten from the front office in the last month. Yeah. All right, so the next – after Lou and the Lakers part ways, uh, Frank Vogel – who was kind of sort of uh, being considered as an assistant coach gets a promotion <laughs> without ever what working. What a day for the he league. had! Yeah, he goes from thinking, "Oh, well, I, I guess I'll make top assistant money." To, "Oh, wow, 
full on like actual head coach money. Uh, so he, Mike Woodson, Lionel Hollins, along with Jason Kidd and Jawan Howard, are now apparently <laughs> the next line of of names that that the Lakers are going to be interviewing to potentially take. Uh, are they now in, interim head coaches? Is that? I don't. I think, uh, <laughs> that that list is just so awful. It that, is. Like, it's Frank so, Vogel is like by far the runaway favorite, and like, well, if you're he wasn't even good in Orlando. If you're if you're Jawan Howard, how do you feel right now? You were one of the initial three names. The other two names didn't work out, and the Lakers then are moving on to new names. If you're Jawan Howard, you're like, wait, what did I miss here? Unless it yeah, was just I, a terrible interview. Yeah, I don't know why he would be interested in negotiating with him now when it's clear he's not even their third choice. He's like their sixth choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, so, again, another gross miscalculation of unless they, he really had a bad interview, like you can pretty much just chalk up Jawan Howard as not being a realistic candidate. Right. Uh, so, you know, as of as of right now, apparently the Lakers were getting ready to uh, and and I believe might have already held their interview with Frank Vogel. They said it was going to it was going to happen on Thursday. Um, but, you know, quick tangent off of the off of the uh, head coach candidates that the Lakers are looking at now. But it appears that whoever does get hired is going to have to take on Kurt Rambis. It doesn't matter who it is, but they're going to have to take Kurt Rambis onto their staff. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here and and kind of collect ourselves at the very idea that the Lakers are trying to saddle anybody they hire with Kurt Rambis, he and his pornographic likes. Uh, <laughs> the, I was going to allude to it, but okay. <laughs> but we are we are going to uh, we're going to try to collect ourselves and and try to wrap our heads around the idiocy that is that is going on surrounding this certain for this now second search for a head coach. So I want to I want to to really hammer this home. This is completely uncharted territory. Right in the modern in the modern NBA. Now maybe some of this stuff happened back when you know Jack Kent, Clint Cook or was was the was the Lakers owner or or even before that. Right when the Lakers were in Minnesota and the NBA was in its infancy and and you know people just did dumb stuff. Right that the, the Stepien rule exists right now because uh, the then. Cleveland Cavaliers owner just kept on selling off first round picks. Um, in the modern NBA, though, the idea that a front office would consist of Jeannie Buss, who at every turn in her professional career has actively pushed herself away from any interest in the basketball operations side, uh, Rob Palenka, the agent who stole. $48 million on behalf of Kobe Kobe Bryant's uh, post-Achilles Kobe Bryant uh, from Jeannie Buss. Jeannie's lead advisor is Linda Rambis, who has no professional acumen in any of this, by the way. Her only professional uh, – the, the, the top line of her 
resume is work with, I believe she said, the Playboy Company, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm not I'm not here to judge the Playboy Company, but it has nothing to do whatsoever with the Lakers. Um, and then, you know, Linda is bringing in Kurt Rambis, uh, and he apparently has major sway in the organization when... Like we said before the break, the last we heard from him was him having to delete his Twitter account because he liked asses daily, right? Uh, and and so you know that all of this, and this is how, this has always been my thing. And and you know when when you and I would kind of have our back and forths on Twitter, my my concern has always been where's the process. Right. If the Lakers aren't if the Lakers aren't going to utilize any type uh, type of proper process, or if the only process they're going to use is 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 a flawed, hugely flawed process, we can kind of sort of predict where this is going. Nobody could have predicted this type of dysfunction, but this isn't you know that this isn't exactly this was never outside of the realm of possibilities. So I guess my my thing to you, uh, my question to you here, Jacob, is. Where do the solutions come from? We've already talked about the, 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 the head coaches that they're thinking about interviewing. It's not inspiring. Uh, the idea that Kurt Rampus has to be linked up with whichever head coach they, they hire. You have to be some kind of desperate to accept a job in which Kurt Rambis is, is forced on you. So where, where, do the, where do the answers come from here? I don't know that there ever will be answers um, because – I mean, this whole thing feels odd after how yesterday played out to where they're like, all right, well, we're going to start over. It's like, yeah, but do you guys realize what you just did? Like, <laughs> it's like going to a house that just burnt down and like nailing a fire or a smoke alarm to the wall. It's like, OK, but it's a little late for that, guys. Like, we need to, like, change some things here. It's like going to a house you haven't like that's on the market, right? You go to an open house and you burn down said house and you're like. Actually, you know what, guys? I'm not interested in this house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, okay, um, we can start again, but, I mean, this is going to play out the exact same way if you guys are just going to do this again. Keep like fires in open houses. <laughs> yeah, like, I th- I will admit to being wrong because I thought that they were doing an extensive search, and I guess all they were doing was – I don't know. Like they they interview him twice and they don't realize that Ty Lu doesn't need this job and they don't realize that they need to pay him like a real head coach. Like the worst part was reading today um Joe Varden's piece where he was talking about what Ty Lu wanted to do. Oh man, that was brutal. and yeah, it was like everything that we had asked Last year to be done, he said he was going to stagger LeBron and Ingram so that one of them was on the court at all times. And just looking at some of the offense he ran, you could see where each Laker fit into it. And it's like reading that piece today and it's like, where did why didn't they just go at this guy with like their best offer? Like, why would they even try to? I just don't understand why they would even try to lowball him. Like, again, you're the Lakers. You print money. Like, I believe they don't even have to really pay all of Luke's contract because he's in Sacramento. Yeah. So it's not like you have a huge contract on the books. Um, and even if they did, a couple million dollars yeah. here and there is not 
It's not like you and I would walk into a situation here and be like, oh, crap, we're on the hook for how much? Right? Yeah, I mean, they're paying Luol Deng $5 million to not be on the team for, like, the next five years. This is the equivalent like, of you or I walking into a McDonald's, having eaten, like, the day before at Subway, and be like, oh, man, I don't know if I should buy this extra $1 hamburger. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what? I just don't understand. I want to know what their thought process was in going into these negotiations, but I also probably don't because it'll just frustrate me because they just so badly misread the situation that it's just like, what did you guys think was going to happen here? Well, and it's, well, on top of misreading the situation, they also misexecuted that aspect of, of the situation, yeah. right? Like, if you are actually getting ready to lowball Ty Lu, if he maybe isn't theoretically your guy, right? Which is, like, if he is your guy, you don't lowball him, right? Mm-hmm. That's something you just, that doesn't happen. So either he wasn't your guy in the first place, which if he wasn't your guy, then you have to find your guy, <laughs> You can't yeah. lowball this person who isn't your guy because in in the in the instance that you haven't actually found the person that you really de- actually want to hire, right? If if that person out there is is Eric Spolstra or Greg Popovich or Jay Wright or anybody any one of these people, any like top level elite coach that you you could actually say to to Ty Lu, well actually we have a better option out there that's legitimately interested so you either take this offer or you leave it then then you actually have to go out there and interview these people you have to actually find the the potential replacement but they went into this negotiation and this is just like Look, I'm not going to claim to be smarter than Rob Palenka. I've never met the guy, but this is just negotiating 101. This isn't even mm-hmm. difficult stuff. If you're gonna if you're gonna go in there and you're gonna try to act like you have the biggest in the in the room, well, then you actually got to kind of sort of prove that it's that big. And they didn't do that, and and all they end up walking away with is is having to potentially hire Jason Kidd. I'd like to imagine that they did all those things you th- you said, but their their actual guy that they were parading around was just Kurt Rambis. <laughs> they were just like, Maybe listen, t- <laughs> listen, Ty, if you don't accept this offer, we will go hire Kurt Rambis. And he's just kind of looking like, wait, what? And just called their bluff. And now the Lakers are like, well, hold on. We wanted him on the staff. We didn't want him actually as head coach, which like <laughs> – on that point, like, does Kurt Rambis just have no shame? This like, is the- <laughs> he's just like every coach, because I, I believe they tried to do it with Luke before they fired him. They're yeah. like, well, you need to have Kurt Rambis on your staff. And it's like everybody knows exactly why they would put Kurt Rambis on the staff. Like he's going to go on that staff and – Everybody's going to be side-eyeing him all year. Does that not make him uncomfortable at all? Like, why is he okay with this? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, look, whatever you got to do to get a job, I guess, I'm not going to judge anybody. But personally, if, if Jen, anytime she was thinking about getting a, a job somewhere or any, if she was considering hiring... I don't even know what position in in at at her at her offices and stuff. And with everybody that they talked to, she had to ask them if they were going to be willing to work with me and bring me onto their staff. Like, eventually, that just grows embarrassing for that person, right? This is now the second head. Luke Walton chose to live in Sacramento. <laughs> 
And Ty Lu chose to opted for unemployment. Like it's <laughs> at some point, Kurt Rambis has got to be like, okay, yeah, maybe it's me. And at some point, maybe the Lakers got to say like, okay, maybe it's him. <laughs> Which I don't. I'm, I mean, they've shown absolutely no self awareness during all of this, so I highly doubt that they're going to be like, "Well, maybe it is Kurt Rambis." They're just going to blame everyone else, and it's like I don't understand why they also think. I, I'm, maybe they don't, but I don't understand why they think Kurt Rambis is good. Like his best season as a head coach, he won 17 games. <laughs> Well, I, the reason the reason they think, and this kind of gets back to the idea that Jason Kidd is considered a, a quote unquote good head coach, right? Is and and like you know, if I was if I was put in charge of a doctor's office or a restaurant, I wouldn't know where to start. I would hop on Yelp and I would go out there and I'd find the best you know people who I could afford. And 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 entrust with those people the responsibilities of running the day to day operations of that, uh, because I wouldn't know what the hell I'd be doing otherwise, right? Um, in this case, the people that that are entrusted with running the day to day operations, they you know, Rob Palenka's experience with Kurt Rambis is he was the assistant coach on five of Kobe's title teams, right? Uh, Linda Rambis, if you were to ask Linda what she thinks of, of Kurt Rambis's basketball acumen, I would imagine she's pretty high on him as a basketball <laughs> mind. And then Jeannie Buss, like if Jeannie Buss's former fiance, Phil Jackson, considered Kurt Rambis his lead assistant, so she's going to think that, Phil, that, that Kurt Rambis is a great assistant too, right? Is a great basketball mind too. Where where is the where's the dissuading voice here? And in theory, it would come from Jesse or Joey Buss, but if they aren't listening to those people, then then that voice isn't going to be heard. There's nobody there's nobody there to to call these people on 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 their idiocy. And so long as they if as that voice doesn't exist, they're just going to keep going through option after option until they find somebody desperate enough to say okay, fine, I'll take Kurt Rambis, it's still a head coaching job. But what are the chances that that person is actually a decent hire? I mean, this all, it all kind of, I mean, this basically is a big echo chamber in the front office right now. And that all kind of goes back to the fact that they won't hire outside of their Laker family. Like if you, if you just brought in, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a Bob Myers or a Masai Ujiri, just bring in any level executive and they're going to just be baffled. I think at some of the stuff the Lakers are doing in the front office, they're going to look at Kurt Rambis and ask what it's the scene from office space. What exactly do you do around here? (laughs) He's like, I'm in charge of internet entertainment. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it's like the, and Lord knows it'd be the same thing for Linda Rambis. Um, so it's it's just like like you said earlier there's no adults in the room so like the Lakers just think they're not the problem that it's everybody else and that in just this huge huge echo chamber where I mean they're probably going to keep trying to stick Kurt Rambis on staffs and it's probably going to I can't imagine Frank Vogel is going to be okay with it like maybe Jason Kidd would because he wants a job so badly Maybe Jawan Howard would, depending on how much he wants a head coaching job. But, like, a lot of these guys are smart enough to know what 
the Lakers are doing. Like, I don't know why Mike Woodson would leave the Clippers right now to go be the head coach of the Lakers. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, unless he really just wants to be a head coach again. Um, what well, is a pay raise unless unless the Lakers keep? I'm not sure it is a pay raise. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but so there was also last thing uh, before we move on to the final final topic. But but there was that random report that uh, Woj had out there that said he 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 said that the person that Ram- Kurt Rambis seems to like the most is Lionel Hollins. Well. How much you want to bet that has to do with Lionel Hollins just being okay with hiring yeah. Kurt Rambis? <laughs> yeah, Lionel Hollins apparently back-channeled and told him, like, no, yeah, you can yeah, be an assistant. Job, and that sure. was all the qualification that they needed, which <laughs> I'm, I'm just super excited to watch Grit and Grind in Los Angeles. Like, I would – that just – oh, I hate this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so final thing before we get up out of here. This is going to be the last uh, podcast for a couple of days. We are heading into what promises to be yet another busy weekend because the Lakers just can't shut up and can't stop doing dumb stuff. Uh, are there? Do you have any predictions on on things that we hear over the over the next couple of days before the next uh, Silver Screen and Roll podcast that airs on Monday? I mean, I do, but none of them are good. I'd imagine, <laughs> I'd imagine Jason Kidd's going to get a really serious look, which scares the hell out of me. Um, I, I mean, I want uh, Frank Vogel to be the guy at this point, which also says a lot about where we're at in the coaching search. Um, but I, I mean, I wouldn't. I Honestly, probably would say Jason Kidd's the favorite. And I would probably agree. That terrifies me. That absolutely terrifies me. Yeah. And I would imagine that there's going to be a report. They'll probably interview him Friday or Saturday, and there'll be a report about how impressed the Lakers were with his interview the second time around and how he's the favorite or something like that would be my guess how this weekend's going to go. All over again. Remember the, remember the process that led to Byron? They interviewed just Byron and then hired Byron. They they, they interviewed Byron like seventy three times, and oh, finally yeah. they were like, uh, "I guess he's he's our guy." And they like waited all the way into free agency to do it. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, I don't know where Rondo was at talking today, but I saw a tweet where Rondo said, "If the Lakers don't have a head coach by free agency, he's probably not coming back." So. There's our good I mean, news. I mean, maybe we should drag this thing out. Like, <laughs> maybe it's not the worst idea that we don't hire anybody. Uh, I mean, would you take Kurt Rambis if it meant no Rondo three-pointers next year? Ah, oh, man. I think I'd rather uh, I'd rather go the way of Regal. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'd need a lot more alcohol. <laughs> so that'll uh, that'll probably do it for this episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Uh, that's what we're going to name all of these in the meantime while we do all of this jumbling around of, of hosts and co-hosts. Uh, but but Jacob, it was fun. I I tried to 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 not poke too too much fun at you for for your optimism. 
Uh, Listen, I will I will admit that I was wrong. <laughs> I did, like, I don't even I wasn't even going to push back. Like, I tried to be optimistic. This franchise just they do not deserve any more optimism. I'm done with that. Here's here's my advice to everybody listening. Set your expectations underground. D- just bury them under as much crap as you possibly can, because at that point, chances are that you aren't going to get let down. But as soon as you have any kind of optimistic expectations for this team, you're going to get Draymond just square in the nuts. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to start treating the Lakers like I did the Vikings is the problem. Exactly. Exactly. We have experience in this. Yeah. The Lakers were just supposed to be the good that outweighed the bad from the Vikings. And I still just haven't recalibrated yet. (laughs) All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. And the, uh, the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed will resume again on Monday. 